<laughs> Jordan press record, everyone. Congrats to me. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Cinema Film Podcast. My name is Leah, and I'm here with Jordan. Yep, yep. Jay Freeze. Today we are reviewing the movie The Wipe. Glenn Close, if you're listening to this, congratulations on your seventh Academy Award nomination. Yeah, you're amazing. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Seven times with no wins yet, but I'm sure in about a month. She couldn't have gotten there without doing a little bit of damage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good one. <laughs> well, I am a comedian. Yes, we did have improv rehearsal today where we have... That was a very improv style joke. Yep. There's <laughs> puns involved. Take that how you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so what's up? What was I going to say? Oh, you're going to Sundance. Yeah, guys, we're going to have a special Sundance episode. Yay. Because Brendan and I are going to Sundance this week. We're seeing a lot of great films. Um, well, we hope they're great if they got accepted to Sundance. <laughs> we hope Sundance isn't just accepting crap and then passing it off as being really good. Yeah. They could. really could, though, if Robert Redford wanted to. Well, <laughs> the thing is, there's so many movies at Sundance, I feel like we don't hear about even half of them, so there's probably a bunch of subpar ones, you know, that never get off the ground, really. Yeah, my only film festival experience was the New Orleans Film Festival mm-hmm. that I had talked about before, and I did not really utilize the <laughs> festival experience. Yeah, I've only ever been to the Tribeca Film Festival where I used to work and the Montclair Film Festival here. But Montclair's been getting better. Like, Montclair had eighth grade this year, which was nice. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of famous people that live in Montclair. There's a lot of people in the industry. Like, I think uh, Justin Bieber just bought a house here, and I know Patrick Wilson lives in Montclair. Wait, did you say Justin Bieber? Yeah, yeah. In Montclair? Yeah, he bought a house in Montclair. Yeah, we should get Justin Bieber on the show. I mean, he needs to come on. I, I just texted him, but of course, as usual, he's not texting me back, so. Why hasn't Justin Bieber acted? Um, mm, I think he has, maybe. I don't know. Well, you know, not everybody has to do every single freaking thing like we do. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just think, like, since we're on the movie podcast, and this is how I think in real life, I'll say my theory on it. Okay. I feel like... That's kind of how you could be transcendent. Like, Donald Trump knew he had to be in movies to, like, be remembered. Right. And, like, have something that stayed forever. Now he's in Home Alone 2 forever. <laughs> Donald, I, Donald Trump, uh, you know, that's probably my favorite thing he's ever done. Not a bad performance. Just a few lines, then he's out of there. That's, you know, typically how I enjoy my Donald Trump. Just very short you know, talking to Macaulay Culkin, and then he's gone. That's what I prefer. Honestly, I prefer that he stays away from children. You know what? You won that one. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so. So. Oh, wait. Are, what are you going to see at Sundance? Uh Oh, let me get the list out Ooh, so that um, people could stalk me and kill me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Then our podcast would really be off the ground. People would be like, the last thing he did was this podcast. All right. We are seeing drum roll, please. <laughs> Sorry, we're not there yet. <laughs> it's in a group chat. I should have like written it down somewhere. Are you seeing that that extremely wicked, vile, and disgusting movie? What is the title? Extremely wicked. Ted Bundy. Yeah, Hot yeah, Ted yeah. Ted Bundy, uh, played by Zac Efron, mm-hmm. a fellow five foot seven legend. Wow, um, you guys are the same height. Interesting. Yes. 
Um, I'm not seeing that. On Thursday night, I'm seeing We Are Little Zombies. <laughs> okay, I forget what a lot of these are, TBH. I'm seeing Coco D, Coco Da. Okay. Um, I'm seeing The Hole in the Ground, which is an A24 film. Yes, we love A24. Um, I wish I knew more about these films when I'm looking at this. Oh, okay, cool. We're seeing some cool shit on Saturday. We're seeing The Souvenir, which is another A24 film. And that's right after we see a film at midnight. Oh, cool. And then we're seeing The Lodge, which we've heard is getting really good reviews. It is. That it's like as good as Hereditary or similar. That's what I, well, I didn't read it was as good, but I read that it had kind of the same vibes. Yeah, which I like those vibes. Yeah, me too. And jam into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you finally see Hereditary? I did. Really? What did you think? I loved it. Oh, good. But we'll probably get into that more in our year-end talk. True. Um, okay, go I on. have crafted my top 20 films of the year. <gasps> I keep making a list and I have it in pencil and I erase and then I write over it and erase and write over it. So I'm indecisive. <laughs> and then Sunday. Oh, wait, no. And then I'm also seeing Wounds, which is a New Orleans film nice. uh, with Army Hammer and Zazie Beats. So I'm really excited about that. Are you seeing that new John Hamm movie that I keep hearing is really good? No. And then we're also seeing the Grand ju- Jury winner and the Documentary winner. That's the best thing is to get those tickets like or before. The, tr- the Audience Award. Those two. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So we should have some good films to talk about. Um, it's kind of guaranteed that we'll see something nominated for an Oscar, I think. If we're going to see the best documentary at Sundance and the best audience mm-hmm. picked film at Sundance. Okay, that film is called The Report. Hmm. I have not seen it. I, I have not seen it. many of John Hamm's uh, film acting roles yet. No, I mean, he hasn't really conquered it. How is he in Beirut? Have you watched Beirut? No, I, I meant to, but... Maybe we should watch it. It's a 2018 movie. That's true. I love him, but I wonder why... Maybe he just doesn't want to, but I wonder why he hasn't become a super big movie star because he obviously has the talent. If you watch Mad Men, you know that, which I know you have, but if anyone out there hasn't seen Mad Men, trust me, John Hamm could be a movie star. <laughs> yeah, but also he he could be a movie star, but he's also like, I feel like he's not at the movie star age or has the movie star persona. Like he could play it, but I feel like that's not who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I every time I see him in a movie, the movie's generally not that good. But then I watch, I look at him, and I'm like, damn, he is so charismatic, and he is so, like, he has such a presence. What was this movie I saw him in? It was like this comedy with two couples. It had Gal Gadot, uh, Isla Fisher, Zach Galifianakis. No. no, it was not game night. It was this. It was this one where uh, hi- him and Gal Gadot were married, which probably the hottest couple I've ever seen. And but they were like spies or something, and then their next door neighbors. Gal Gadot is actually a spy, so that's cool. Okay, cool. No, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I made that up. Spreading rumors. She just served in the Israeli army. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And they and they it was like not that good of a movie, but he was so good, and it just I don't know. I think he needs a better agent or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or he's also just dealt with demons his whole career. And, like, has fucking 
alcoholism. I love Jordan. <laughs> I, this is why I was just saying this to you yesterday is because like I always want to get into stuff like that like talking about people's issues I'll ask people a lot of questions if you've ever met me you've probably felt violated by my questions at some point and Jordan will just get straight to the point and be like yeah I'm hurting inside or something <laughs> whereas other people will just be like oh I'm fine you know I'm not really happy in my job but whatever like who really is blah 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 and you'll just cut straight to the heart of something like Brian Cranston, I think, is the only one who didn't have leading man getting to him syndrome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually really want to see that movie, The Upside, just because I love him so much. Yeah. But, like, James Gandolfini ate too oh. many cold cuts. Don Draper womanized and oh, drank too much. Gandolfini was really, like, just... I mean, he... When I watch The Sopranos and I watch him, it's almost as if he is not even acting the like the uh, effortless seamless way that he portrayed that character through the whole series blows me away every time I, sometimes I just sit and think about him literally because he lived right near here and so I saw him very often and like yeah I live in Sopranos world now <laughs> yeah there you go uh, yeah, like, we saw them filming all the time, and then he also just, he lived in Westwood, which is, like, 10 minutes away from where I live, and probably, like, 15 minutes away from where we are right now, and, like, I saw him so many times, and he was just, like, a known person in the community, and he completely, completely was nothing like Tony Soprano at all, like, he was, like, the nicest, like, most charming, adorable, like, guy, and for him to play that part so convincingly in such a way that seems like he's not even trying, which I'm sure he was trying because it ended up so brilliant. But it's it's really like an artist to me. Like he's the epitome of an artist when it comes to actors. Like it's like Monet doing a painting or something. It's Also, he was like a very imposing dude. Mm-hmm. But like he did anger in a way that like at times he like didn't even like burst off. Like I feel like sometimes people burst off too much. Mm-hmm. But he like always had the right tone. That's a really good that point. Show. That's a really good point. Yeah, like even when he wasn't literally like threatening someone's life or something like that, he he didn't even have to go there because I feel like the other characters in that world knew like you don't even want to push him to that point where he's literally threatening you. But he could show so much in just his body language and his eyes. Oh. You were a master, Mr. Gandolfini. And his son's going to play him in the prequel. Yeah. Which is going to be a movie. So now we could keep talking about it for 30 minutes. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That that sounds like us. (laughs) But anyway, I guess we should move on to our recommendations this week. We're going seven-time Oscar nominees in honor of the queen, Glenn Quote. Close. <laughs> Glenn Quote. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was going with That's okay. Princess Cecilia. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, if you've never listened to this podcast before, we review a new movie that's in theaters every week, which The Wife is still in theaters, by the way. It's playing at the Village East Cinema. <laughs> if you go on a plane that has a TV screen, it is also on that. Right, you can also watch it. It's such a plain movie. Yeah, it's uh, perfect for the plan. And so we also, before we get into The Wife, before we get into the movie of the week, we recommend one movie each that has either similar themes or has some kind of connection or relation to the movie that we're reviewing. So like Jordan said, we are going to recommend movies that star an actor or actress who has received seven or more Academy Award nominations. 
very exclusive group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's yeah. bigger than I thought. It is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I actually, I love Meryl Streep. I'm a huge fan of hers. But I had no idea she had 21 nominations. I thought it was like 16 or 17. She has 21 Oscar nominations. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's unreal. I love it. I mean, it's, it, you know, that must be so strange. I wonder uh, if she has the same insecurities and issues we all have as human beings or if she just wakes up and she's like, yeah, I obviously mastered this <laughs> thing I chose to do with my life. Yeah, I almost picked one of her films. Uh, I ended up not going with it. <laughs> but What were you going to, what was that? I was going to go with The Deer Hunter. Cool. Yeah. Maybe I will go with The Deer Hunter. Who knows? She has so many good ones. I just couldn't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it enough. The only thing that really sticks out to me are like the wedding scene mm-hmm. and Russian roulette. Right. I haven't seen it in a while either. And Robert De Niro being naked. That I remember. Those are the only three things I remember from the film. <laughs> but and you I'd still recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens to me sometimes where there'll be some classic movie that I love and someone brings it up and I start to talk about it and I'm like, oh, I actually don't remember that much about it. I just know that I loved it, but I see so many movies that I can't remember details all the time. And I kind of hate it that we're required to be able to recall things and remember exactly what happened because I'm like, oh, most of the time I'm just trying to get like a feeling from it, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Like I read a book for a feeling, I watch a movie for a feeling, like I'm not necessarily doing it to regurgitate it, like I'm doing it for the pleasure in that moment. I'm not doing it so that I could talk about it later, Mm -hmm. always. (laughs) Yeah. Like that is fun and I enjoy that, but. So much of my favorite movies or favorite anything is based on emotions rather than technical merit or something like that like there's a lot of the time where I feel like I might come off as ignorant about something that I actually do know a lot about but I just wasn't as focused on facts because I was just thinking oh my gosh I loved that because I felt this way when I saw it it's like yes I recognize that the camera technique was amazing but that's not what I care about right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) so do you want to go first or or sure I'll go first all right what's your movie uh, I'm going to go with a Robert De Niro film that Yay. I just watched recently. Um, I don't think I've talked about it on here, but I guess if I did, Leah could call me out, and then I'll have to pick another <laughs> film very quickly. Um, but I'm going to go with The King of Comedy. Oh, so good. Did I talk about it already? No, but it's probably my favorite De Niro performance of all time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What a film. Also, yeah. it's just a film that is so important for our time, I feel like. I agree. <laughs> just like the insanity of fame and the insanity of like show business and all of that just twirled into one. It's like pretty close to a thriller. Like it feels like yeah. a thriller. Mm-hmm. Right? It like, is, especially when he's in Jerry's house. Yeah. With that girl. Oh, my God. It's just, like, weirdly... Like, it's funny because it's about comedy and, like... It's definitely funny. There are, like, absurd characters in it, but it's also very, like, disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny in in a way because you're watching him be so delusional. Yeah. And you're wondering how yes. far he's going to push it because you're thinking, okay... He can't keep doing this. Like he has to actually come forward and say, I- "I'm so sorry. I-, I went too far. I'm gonna go home" or something like that. And then he does not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. 
Yeah, and uh, who's the dude who's the late night guy? Um, I could just look this up. Is it Carson? No, no, no. no. I can't remember. Uh, okay. You know, this movie all often gets overlooked when people talk about the best Scorsese films, I think because he obviously excels so well at all the gangster pictures that people... Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis, of course. Yeah. Jerry I said, Lewis was I said so Jerry, good. I don't know it. why I couldn't remember Lewis. <laughs> but yeah, he's fantastic. The whole everybody, everybody in the film. I mean, De Niro is obviously like far and away the the star in so many ways and steals every moment of the film. But yeah, the entire cast is great. And like I said, people don't necessarily bring this up when talking about Scorsese, but this is definitely one of my top, I would say it's in my top five Scorsese for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I was just telling you on the podcast, I think that I've not seen enough Scorsese. Like I still have so yeah, much yeah. that I have to see. I think you did mention King of Comedy when we had that conversation, but you didn't get into it that much. Yeah. Well, I guess I've talked enough about it. If you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this, just turn it on right now. Yeah. It's way better than our podcast. Just Especially saying. if you're a comedy fan. I feel like this describes what it's like to be a, com- a comedian more than anything else. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, no, honestly, in some ways, yes. I mean, I don't really consider myself a comedian, but just in general, I think with show business. You meet a lot of Rupert Pumpkins. Oh, my Pumpkins. God. Yes, and sometimes you feel that way yourself. Yeah. (laughs) If you're not willing to be super embarrassed and super ridiculous and not push it as far as he pushes it, but push it pretty far, you shouldn't even be doing this. Yeah. You have to make a fool of yourself constantly, (laughs) basically, in this business, no matter what, whether it's comedy, drama, whatever you're doing. Yeah. So. It is funny how, like, how seriously he takes himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that is yeah. always funny when comedians take themselves too seriously. Cause yeah. It's just like, he definitely has uh, a craft. And I just, also, his his wardrobe is amazing. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the best Robert De Niro wardrobes. Yeah. He really has a certain look in that movie. Did he get nominated for Best Actor for that? Yes, he did. Weird. Amazing. Deserved. Very deserved. All right, Leah. On to you. All right. So, the person that I chose was Jack Nicholson. Hell freaking yeah. We barely have ever talked about Jack Nicholson. He has 12 nominations. I just want to describe quickly, uh, this is me bragging, that one time in New York City, I saw Jack Nicholson get out of a limo, and it was the best moment of my life. He got out of the limo. I was like on the other side of the limo from where he was getting out. He had on his sunglasses, even though it was dark out. It was he looked exactly. Hey, lady, you know where I could find some <laughs> pot. <laughs> that would have been amazing, but no, <laughs> he he looked exactly like you would wish Jack Nicholson, the movie star, would look. Like he didn't. Sometimes I see pictures of him, you know, at the beach or something, and he looks, shall we say, disheveled. <laughs> but <laughs> he looks about Schmidt. <laughs> right, exactly. Which, that was one of the movies I was thinking of doing, but I decided on another one. But he he got out of a limo. A few a few of us yelled, Jack! And he turned around with the sunglasses on and gave that perfect Jack Nicholson iconic smile. And the fact that I lived Here's through that Johnny. is amazing to me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was just my uh, story of the greatest moment of my life. I was 16. Anyway. I would love to meet Jack Nicholson before he does. 
I would love to, you know what? I would just love for him to make another movie before he dies. I thought Is he gonna be in the Irishman? Why no. would I feel like he would be in that? He's no, know. he's not. I wish, but he is he in the Martin Scorsese universe? Yes, he's in The Departed. Oh, word, yeah. I, he's he was supposed to be in that remake of to, uh, Tony Erdman, but like the American version. But that was announced a while ago. Now I want to say probably like two years ago, and it. I don't know what the. I want to see him play a fucking Trump voter. I feel like that would be like <laughs> a, a good like Jack Nicholson like final role as he just plays like a midwest trump voter who's yeah. just like so angry all the time for I just no reason and it just like takes place from like 2010 to the election of donald trump and it's just like what goes through the mind of a trump voter leading up to that i want to see him do anything frankly yeah. i i think he is one of the greatest i actually always used to list him as my favorite actor of all time i think my favorite actor of all time is probably philip seymour hoffman but same really yeah. he's <laughs> <But> the goat <laughs> yeah definitely but jack is close and i always always even when i was a real little girl i was like i love jack nicholson <laughs> i feel like his characters are too charactery sometimes like they're great but no, but he has a lot of nuance in there, too. I think a lot of people might assume that he is Jack Nicholson and he comes in and does his shtick and smiles and does his voice and then he's done. But there's a lot to be seen in between the cracks of his big performances. Like, there's a lot there. There's so much going on, especially, I think, in uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. That might be my favorite. I need to watch that. You haven't seen it? Okay, so my English teachers in, like, early high school fucked up, and, like, I didn't read One Flew Over This Cuckoo's, uh, bleh, One Flew Over This Cuckoo's Nest. I didn't read, uh, what are the other ones that are big? Clockwork Orange, and I didn't read, um, the one that Aaron Sorkin is doing the play right now. I didn't read that either. Well, that's okay. Just watch the movie. I feel like I need to read all of these novels, and they're children's novels, so I should be able to read them quickly. Cuckoo's Nest is not a children's... Like, it's a high school novel, I mean. Like, it's not like... Okay. Or do we read the most dense literature in high school? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read the book, but the movie is definitely one of the greatest movies ever made, and his performance is just... I don't. I'm speechless. I don't know how to <laughs> describe it. It's next level. I mean, absolutely. But that's actually not the movie I picked. The movie I picked is one where he has a smaller part, but definitely a significant part. It's called Terms of Endearment. Whoa! No. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this movie, and I actually haven't watched this movie in years, but I think about it all the time. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it comes up in my head a lot. Do you know anything about it? or No, not really. Okay, so it stars Shirley MacLaine. Okay. And Deborah Winger plays her daughter. And it also has uh, Jeff Daniels plays her husband. And his name is Flap. Just, I didn't I ever know that was a name, but his name is Flap. And I've never heard that before. <laughs> but it's just Flap. Anyway. Short for Flapjack. I, <laughs> that's what I said when I was little. I <laughs> I've been watching this movie since I was really young. but So this movie is kind of like a sprawling epic movie about it's like one of those movies that spans a lifetime so there's a there you know there'll be a scene and then it jumps in time like four years or something like that and you just have to keep up and it's uh the mother played by shirley mcclain she keeps a lot of men and stuff at arm's length because she's not with the father 
of um, her daughter. And she just focuses on that relationship, and they have a really interesting, complex relationship. And then Jack Nicholson is one of the guys that she dates. His name is Garrett Breedlove. I believe he's an astronaut. And he kind of comes in and out of her life. Kind of hits you over the head with the wordplay. <laughs> and he he just kind of comes in and out, uh, and that's that's great for both of them. Sometimes you get hints that maybe they would like more or more, more stable thing, but the way that it's just kind of beautiful the way that they have their relationship and it it's it is what it is and then he has to leave blind to space or whatever he's doing and she continues to focus on her daughter and her daughter this is an iconic performance by Deborah Winger she uh, gets cancer and she's pretty young too she has little kids of her own and there are so many iconic scenes there's this scene where uh, Deborah Deborah's character is in a lot of pain and so her mother uh, is at the hospital and she's like screaming at the nurses to help her and it's I think about that all the time anytime I'm about to freak out about something I will say I'm about to be Shirley MacLaine in terms of endearment right now and people always know what I'm talking about <laughs> and then there's a scene where you know the the uh, Deborah Winger's character is dying and she's talking to her kids and she's crying and she's telling them like not to feel bad about any time that they weren't the best kids or whatever it's just like when you're older you might be thinking about this moment right now and you might you might wish that you didn't do this or do that but don't worry because you were so perfect and I you were everything in my life and I loved you so much I mean the so good and I just really love it because it it's one of those movies that you watch when you are going through something (laughs) and you just want to lay in bed and feel emotions and it I mean it sounds like every day of my life (laughs) watch it you you really I think you actually appreciate it it's definitely a tearjerker, and it has a sequel that was not well-received, but uh, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson came back for the sequel. It's called The Evening Star, and I actually love that one, too. There are some really beautiful moments. If you've seen that, you know the the beach scene where they drive on the beach uh, is beautiful. I won't spoil why they're doing that, but it's just wonderful. I love both of them. And they're, they're, they're both movies that you really need to hunker down in bed, like with ice cream or something and just get ready for the ride. So I hear puppies. Grania. (laughs) There's two giant puppies barking outside. Anyway, that's my movie. Whoop, whoop. I recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, Jack, on your 12 nominations. Maybe there's one more nomination before he leaves us. Maybe he just stays until the Lakers win another championship <laughs> with LeBron. When I when LeBron uh, got traded or whatever, I guess he didn't really get traded, but I when he started playing with the Lakers, I was thinking that I finally had a reason to watch the Laker games other than to see Jack Nicholson. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm always watching for. I'm like, there he is. Fun... Uh, LeBron James story hmm. that uh, has to do with my life is LeBron James's body double and train wreck. Yeah, was from Warwick. Ooh, yeah. fun! He played basketball at Warwick and then went to Germany and was like a superstar. Cool. And then they got him to just do the basketball stuff so that LeBron could just chill and be funny. That's hilarious that you have LeBron in your movie and he doesn't do the basketball stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got to see him play uh, when I went to a Bulls game. They were playing the Cavs, and it was really, really fucking cool. Yeah. I hope it's not my last time playing. I'm a big basketball fan for anyone who doesn't know me. I love basketball. 
<laughs> Are you a really big basketball fan? Yes, I love the Knicks, and I love going to Knicks games. My beloved Porzingis is still benched, unfortunately. He tore his ACL. I don't know if you know about this. Yes, I do know about this. Oh, that was like the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was devastated. But yeah, I love the games. I get super into them. I don't follow the whole... NBA as much. I'm more of a Knicks person, and I'm that person yeah. that will become like a clinically depressed Knicks fan because it's just rough. And actually, last year I got to go backstage. Not back. It's not a stage, but whatever. Uh, I mean, I guess sometimes it's a stage, but it's not when there's basketball games at Madison Square Garden because I was uh, supposed to be a part of this commercial and. It got canceled, like, right around the time that Porzingis tore his ACL. So I don't know if it was, like, he was supposed to be in the commercial or something. But I just feel like I got this close to my Porzingis moment, and it didn't happen. But Oh, wow. That's okay. Hopefully there are many more coming in the future. But I was at his first game. Actually, it was November uh, 2015. I was at the first game that he scored Whoa. that he was really impressive. So he had played a few games before. And it was kind of a big deal because when he was drafted, uh, there was that, like, little boy who was – iconic and crying because he thought like yeah. that he was going to suck Porzingis was going to suck so much and so he played some games and he was great and people were starting to notice him a little bit but then I was at the first game where he really killed it he scored 28 points and then he was on the cover of the post and it said like Porzing God yes that was the coolest <laughs> night ever and that was my first ever basketball game I had never been to any uh well any major basketball game before and it was that and so I will always be the biggest Porzingis fan ever I feel like the Knicks have had that so many times in the past like seven years what where, like they've had players where they were like this is gonna be the player they're blowing up mm -hmm. like, well there's the, the next... Jeremy Lin thing <laughs> exactly then the next season they got Derek Rose who was supposed to completely change the game and then he ended up you know getting uh well he's trashed already yeah, I will that I remember that day that that Derrick Rose was traded. Uh <laughs> we were at some we were shopping. I think we were in like Guitar Center or something and I literally walked in the door and I just said to like the guy that was greeting a Guitar Center, I was like Derrick Rose just got traded to the Knicks and he was like, "Yo, really?" Like he was like a basketball fan just by chance. And it was like I was just telling talking to random people and celebrating cuz I was so excited and then didn't really end up being the great change we were expecting but yeah people always talk about new york as if it's the place where players want to go but it's mostly where players go to <laughs> be when they're past their prime you know it's it's just like an the iconic Mets always get people past their prime yeah it's it's that it's that it's just new york is so it will always be iconic it'll always be some it will always be a place that people want to be and the games are always hella expensive like they're more expensive when the Knicks are doing well of course yeah but even when they are shit the the Madison Square Garden tickets are really bad I mean sometimes uh you can you know get a Nets game for pretty cheap especially if it's like right before the game and you know it hasn't really sold out or anything the Nets but, are doing really well this year yeah no that I mean I, look I I'm more of a Knicks person but I've definitely been happy to see the Nets improve too yeah. like the, the tickets are more now so that's not as fun but it's <laughs> I'm still happy for them, but it's it's really fun. Like I just love basketball. I it's hard for me to watch other sports since I got super into basketball because it's so exciting. They score constantly, and when I'm watching football, I'm like, I can't do this, you guys. Like they're <laughs> like they're not scoring. <laughs> anyway, that was the basketball segment. Thank you guys. 
Yeah. Now, now we'll get into the Heather segment. Heather made me a grilled cheese last night. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the best meal I've had in a long time. I've been trying to watch my grilled cheese intake. So it's been a while. You should only have one grilled cheese a day. <laughs> right. I hadn't had one for an entire 24 hours. Yeah. So I was like, fuck. That so, being said, they could average it up for your week. Right. Like you could have seven for the week. That's true. So if you save them all for Saturday, then you could eat seven. Great. Thank you. Life advice from Jordan Freed, everyone. Yeah. I hadn't eaten. I had princess parties. I hadn't eaten all day. And when you're at a party and there's a lot of food yeah. and you can't eat because you're entertaining. And then, I, and then I had to rush over to the show. And we were just about to go on. We had a show last night. The Mutts had a show. And I, we were just about to go on. It was like literally 8.03. Our show's supposed to start at 8. We usually leave some extra time just in case there's late people. But I was literally sitting at the bar eating, sharing my grilled cheese with Jordan. And Ashley comes out, who was our stage manager. And she was like, um, so <laughs> we're going to start. So, like, <laughs> you get out here. And Ashley has this. Uh, she's, like, really cool. But she has this. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes she has this attitude, like, when people are being extra silly or something. Like, she just wants everything. She's just like, okay, can we get back in line? Like, can we do everything right now? And she kind of got that tone. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it was really funny. And it was delicious. So thank you, Heather. And uh, was there anything you want to say about how great Heather is? Uh, Heather's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got to work with her a lot because... We have been on separate schedules a lot of the time, but I look forward to Fridays in February in which I get to hang out with Heather at the bar. She's right down the, uh, like right down the hall, so she's probably listening and she's eavesdropping. She's probably filing a restraining order We're against me. We're talking loud, yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's really creepy. But I, the reason why I included this segment is because we had a couple of episodes without this segment, and Miss Kelly K. Blake texted me to tell me how much she enjoyed the Heather Praise segment. So this is for you. Kelly. Oh, mm -hmm. weird. I didn't know we had requests. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever sends me requests. Well, it wasn't I'm also really insulted. Kelly K. Blake didn't send me a text. She didn't text she you? <gasps> Kelly, you know what? Just get in a group text with me and Jordan. No, that's cool. That's cool. I have my own <laughs> Kelly Blake group text. Yeah, I uh, I think it's funny that out of everything we talked about, she was like, I love the Heather segment, even though this is a podcast that originally had nothing to do with Heather. But <laughs> Also, she said that she likes when you talk, so maybe she doesn't like me on the podcast. She said that to you? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of rude. I love Kelly. That's so Kelly. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I like when you talk, Jordan. That's why I decided to do a podcast with you. Oh, thanks. Also, you had the equipment, so. Yeah, that's more why you decided <laughs> to do a podcast with me. <laughs> otherwise, I would have had to buy it, which was really not happening, so. All right. Uh, I think that is going to close the Heather Praise segment. You can write to us at moviecinemafilmpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions about Heather, we'd be and happy to answer them. Heather would make a great wife. She is great oh. as herself, but she would make a great wife. Which brings us to our next portion of the show. Oh, shit. <laughs> the wife. The wife. All right, guys. If you've never listened to our podcast before, just be aware that we talk about the movie spoiler-free first. And then when we get into our spoiler discussion we will warn you so if you this haven't seen it a spoiler film yeah 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 there there's something that could definitely be ruined if you uh listen so keep listening for now and then when yeah we'll talk to you for like 10 minutes about it yeah and then when uh it's spoiler time we'll warn you so don't worry about it all right so i think we should just start with 
our impressions before the film, what we thought. Right. I always forget that. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Well, that was, yeah, that was your big thing when we started it. Yeah. Well, what did you think going into it or know about it going into it? Well, I I am a fan of Glenn Close. I wouldn't say I'm, like, crazy about her or anything, but she's wonderful. And I heard multiple times over the past few months that this movie sucked, but that she was absolutely transcendent in it and it was worth seeing just for her. So I think I expected it to be really bad and I expected her to be earth shatteringly good. And I basically just watched it for her because I always watch when once the Oscars nominations come out, I at minimum always watch all of the acting uh, category nominee movies. So I was going to watch it anyway. But if I generally hear that a female performance is really good, sometimes more than a male performance, I'm like, oh, I really want to see that just because I'm an actress. So it's inspiring. What about you? Um, similar things. I had just heard that she was really good in it and that she was getting nominated all over the place. So I figured that I was going to want to watch it perhaps because she is a great actress mm -hmm. and then as we got further into award season she ended up winning the golden globe mm -hmm. so then i was like damn now i have to watch this yeah she really gained a lot of traction recently because i think she was the favorite um no i think i think the no, first no, no, she was in the wife <laughs> thanks you're right that's true I think she was one of the favorites to win. But I think Olivia Coleman was the front runner early on and then there was some talk of Glenn Close getting a nomination. No, no, no the front runner got no nominations. <laughs> <laughs> this could go on all night. <laughs> oh god. You guys need, you need to stop having such general movie titles or else Jordan is never going to stop. <laughs> Anyways, uh and then I think Lady Gaga was a favorite at some point. To win. And now I, I 100% I would bet money that Glenn Close is going to win the award. Whoa. Place your bets. I really want to have, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about this off pod. Yeah, we, we're going to. Uh, we're having a lot of arguments about our Oscar season podcasts. We have a lot of strong feelings yeah. about the structure. We're also talking about running an illegal gambling uh, ring uh, over the Oscar nomination. So That is 100% true in mm -hmm. this fiction world of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys want to hear more about the, the fiction, um, please DM us on Instagram. And Absolutely. Venmo us $30 with all of your picks. Mm-hmm. And watch Molly's Game to see what our illegal gambling Oscar ring will be like. Like, honestly, if we were to hypothetically do this, which we're not going to hypothetically do it, um, it would basically be, like, maybe five of the $30 to the house, and then, like, 25 would go to the pool. Cool. Right? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and then we also need to raise money for snacks, so. Well, I got snacks. Do you want snacks? What type of snacks do you want? I want pigs in a blanket. <sighs> I did not have pigs in a blanket. That's okay. Heather will make them because she's literally the greatest person in the world. So hot take: pigs in a blanket are overrated. Uh, <laughs> well, what is your go-to uh, event slash party snack? Um, I'm more of a potato skin kind of a guy. Oh, I get it. Okay, maybe like a pot sticker. Pot stickers are awesome. Like it depends on what the event is. Okay. Like, are we going like 
chill out like on a Sunday watching football or are we talking like a distinguished event where waiters are coming up to me and saying, would you like to try this with some mustard? <laughs> See, I don't like those kind of events because I feel like there's always some kind of seafood hidden into everything that they're serving and I don't eat seafood. But, but you're not allergic, right? So it won't kill you? No, I'm not allergic. I'm just, I don't know. I just never, I just have an aversion to it or something. But but pigs in a blanket can be at both events because they can be like something that you just pop the can of crescent rolls and, and cut the hot dogs up and make them. Or they can be like the fancy puff pastry, little wiener kind. So they, they're universal. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a hot dog guy anymore. Okay. I don't know. That's I think fair. I got burnt out about hot dogs. Unless they're like made with charcoal. I like the like charcoal flavor of like a hot dog. Like they have dog. the black lines on them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I like just getting as much cancer as possible from my meats. Same. Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking Diet Coke right now, so. Yeah, I'm drinking a water bottle that I've left out in the sun. Mm-hmm. All right. Me and Jordan are going <laughs> to be in the same hospital room if you'd like to come visit us. I wonder if we're all just, never mind, I'm not going to go down this wormhole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessary for the wife. Jordan can go pretty deep. Uh, so just be forewarned, anytime we have a podcast, you might end up having an existential crisis or something similar. I was very close. I stopped myself. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be Bravo. better about not dragging people into my existential crises. You d- crises. <laughs> crises. You did it. Well, anyway, uh, we are not going to spoil anything, but what did you think of the wife? Spoiler alert, Glenn Close is amazing. Yep, she is. That is the only thing we will spoil in this part. (laughs) (laughs) What what was your overall thoughts? Um, I thought it was a good film. I feel like I forget what trailer I saw, but it feels like I saw a trailer for a film that had a similar concept to it. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that aspect of it because I feel like that is kind of a spoiler Mm -hmm. but there was something else that kind of came out this year that seemed like it was a similar thing there's another film that came out not this year but in recently within the past five years that has a very similar theme but again I can't we'll talk about that later I guess um but yeah no I watched this on a plane um, and it was a very long plane ride, and this was the first film I watched, which was probably for the best, because it was probably the most boring film. Not in a bad way. It was just, like, something you had to really pay attention to, because it was all dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't a lot of action, besides Glenn Close's expressive face of longing and desire and and loss of patience with her. Pent-up rage. Terrible husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was good. I thought the husband character was a perfect depiction of, like, an artist and, like, kind of what happens if you, like, get too involved with yourself and also, like, become so much of an artist and just a lazy person who kind of rests on your early successes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it felt to me like a Lifetime movie. (laughs) <laughs> it really seemed like a lifetime movie to me, especially because the the film just had no style. It had nothing that was a there was nothing memorable about the production design or like every place <laughs> every place was just a set. It was just Although like were, it was like the there were like a lot of blue tones with kind of the winter of their lives coming. That's weird. I feel like I remember more warm tones in that hotel room. 
Am I wrong? I don't know. Also, I was watching on a shitty airport or airplane screen. Yeah. So I watched it on a regular screen, but I don't know. I, I just, you know, these these places that these people were in did not feel like places where people actually are ever in. It it just felt like they needed a bar, they needed like a hotel lounge, and they they designed the most basic. Well, also, it was Stockholm. Yeah, but people still. There's still, but there are, okay, so there are distinctive things about Stockholm. I might not really know them because I don't know that much about Stockholm, but there are distinctive things that would make it feel more like a real place. Yeah. And I just felt like they could have, it was almost like a play, like they, they just could have, oh, when you know, when you're doing a play, there's only so much you can do with the set. There's only so much you could do with, with moving set pieces and things like that. So a lot of things end up being very similar from the scene before and it just kind of, I don't know, I just didn't find there to be a lot of unique imagery at all in the film there was nothing really remarkable to look at in the film in my opinion except for glenn close's face yeah which i enjoyed thoroughly yes i mean you can see these years of pent-up frustration and she to me really creates moments where there are none in the screenplay like there are there are very like there's no nuance in this movie there it's like (laughs) things happen and they're very heavy-handed and she handles those moments well but then she also creates these other moments in these spaces that would otherwise be boring and if you just watch her and like watch what's going on on her face it's beautiful and I'm not surprised at all that she was nominated I'm not surprised that she she carried this movie and I'm not surprised that she's getting so much praise for doing that but I did think it was a bit better than I had heard right oh yeah no I like enjoyed the film and thought it was good yeah like I didn't think it was by any means the best or my favorite film of the year but I thought like even the male actors, like, they were serviceable. Like, it was good. Like, it wasn't like they were terrible actors. No, they I enjoyed the dynamics between the father and son and between mm-hmm. her and the son. Yeah, they weren't terrible uh, or anything, but I didn't enjoy any performance other than hers, I think. And I'm a pretty... I love Christian Slater, but I thought his character was... I mean, his character was necessary, but I didn't love the way he played it. I didn't like the way that they positioned him, like the way he was always like skulking around. Uh, that scene where we can't talk about the details of what they talk about, but uh, the scene where uh, he and Glenn are sitting in the lounge talking, I-, I thought, again, like the script, like the way that they wrote him was like so lame and boring in one note. And then the way that they, uh, and then, but then her, she was incredible. Well, I think that was kind of the whole point of the film. In a lot of like ways. Like it was just a star vehicle? Well, no, but just like flipping on its head. Like she's like being the character who's written really well. And then all of the men in the story are being written terribly kind of. Oh, okay. Or are like shallow characters who don't have any personalities. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. like it is kind of a literary film also. Yeah, it's based on a book. Yeah. Well, without spoiling anything... Uh, the flashbacks, I was not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, they were weird. Like, it was just, like, basically watching hot people in flashbacks. Like, it wasn't really... Speaking of Gandolfini and his son, isn't isn't the woman who plays younger Glenn Close, Glenn Close's daughter? Is it? I heard that. Oh, wow. Sorry, Glenn Close, for calling your daughter hot. <laughs> she probably, that's okay i i mean I i'm th- sure she wants her daughter to be called hot I or mean, be thought to be hot if she's an actress yeah i don't know maybe but yeah i wasn't a fan of the flashbacks again it, it was just really poorly done and also i th- I felt like the ages didn't really 
like the timeline didn't really match up. But how so? Uh, because well, what was the timeline supposed to be in the flashbacks when they were like twenty, or when they were like seventeen, eighteen? I think she was supposed to be like seventeen, eighteen, and he was supposed to be a little bit older, maybe like twenty two or twenty three. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was definitely like the power dynamic thing that was weird. That made me feel weird about it. Mm-hmm. I could I be guess, wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just didn't like the flashbacks and. Uh, I the the thing though about the movie that I think is interesting it just should have been written better is I find marriages fascinating in general and we'll get more into the complexities of their marriage in the spoiler section yeah. but if you're interested in in marriages and I think it's really it always fascinates me how many different kinds of marriages there are and how many people use marriage for certain things I think we all grow up seeing bad marriages in our families sometimes I don't know anyone who's like everyone in my family is great (laughs) you know I mean I definitely grew up seeing some bad marriages and I uh and then there are some other marriages that the people in them don't think that they're bad but I look at them probably being too judgy but I'm like oh I would never be able to deal with that or I would never want that kind of marriage and this seems to be more of the kind of marriage that's more of a partnership rather than uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> but I it, think it that I think that kind of goes though hand in hand with the idea that like people kind of just change over time, mm-hmm. and you don't like really know what somebody's gonna be like in thirty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's tough to like know that your personalities are gonna mesh. Mm-hmm. Like even now, like I don't know what I'm gonna be like in two years. Yeah. Like, I'd like to think that I know who I am, but who, who the fuck knows until it's there. Well, you might know who you are, but then also you're going to grow and change. Yeah, exactly. Like, I might know who I am in this situation, but in other situations in two years under different conditions, like, I might be a completely different person with different needs and different feelings about mm-hmm. situations. That's why I'm all for divorce. Like, I, I truly don't understand people that are, I mean, I know some people that are very, 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 again, like, they think divorce is a sin, basically, and I'm just like, no, yeah. it is definitely not. I think there are certain situations where it's okay. I mean, it's always okay. It's not, I'm not one of the people who would think, think it's a sin, but I also don't think you should just get married, like, willy-nilly and then get divorced, because, oh, whatever, who cares? I'm not. I'm not that liberal about it, but I don't know. There are just so many, like I said, there are so many Nobody should ever be with somebody who they don't want to be with. Exactly. Like, I guess, like, the one situation is kids, and if you, like, need to do that, but, like, but other see, than that, it's like, why would you ever stay, like, you have one life. Exactly. You only have one mm-hmm. life, yes. and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to keep up this piece of paper that is just made up, mm-hmm. like... Everything is made up. Like, we're animals. Like, (laughs) obviously, like, don't hurt other people, but, like, (laughs) all, like, conceptions of society are just made up. Right. Like, those never existed, like, when we were just living, breathing, sleeping, Uh eating. So many things are just because at some point everyone just agreed on this is how they should be. Like, everyone just has agreed that when you say hi to someone, you're supposed to say, hi, how are you? And they're supposed to say, good, how are you? And that's it. And I'm always like, do I have to do this stupid thing? Like, some there are some people like you and, like, people at Rhino where I genuinely do want to know how you guys are and hear about your day or whatever. But I hate I hate pleasantries and I, I hate the 
the little things that we all just agree that everyone has to do. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? And I don't know. We're I, millennials. We don't have time for that. We no, overschedule ourselves. I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for pleasantries. Like, let's just get to the point. Wow, I would love to get married, but I'm too busy. <laughs> that that must be great to have time to go down to the city hall. Who has time to fall in love? No. Well, that that I that I have time for. But no yeah. Time for that. There, there's <laughs> like this is a well. Again, we'll get into more into spoilers, but this is a, the kind of marriage that. I would absolutely hate to have, and yet they have kept it going for so long, and I think that same. By the way, yeah, I'm the I'm the man voice saying. <laughs> I, I I also agree. This is not a marriage that I would want. <laughs> no, but it, it's worked for both of them for so long, and it it's just yeah, it, it's strange when you think that you have one life, and some people choose to be in marriages where I don't know. I'm not gonna judge, but. Doesn't seem like that's how you should spend your life, like coexisting or I don't know. I, I feel like there are some situations, too, where people stay because they don't want to hurt the other person, but they really want to leave. And it's like I've said, I mean, I've said to my boyfriend before, like, if you don't want to be with me, leave, please leave me because I do not want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. Like, I don't want to I don't want to sleep next to someone who's fantasizing about someone else, but won't act on it because they're like. Oh, I, I can't or whatever. It's like, if you want to be with someone else, please just tell me, break up with me and do it. Cause I do not want, I don't want to live with you're texting someone else, you know, you know, like I don't want to live within that. Whereas I feel like there are some women who are like, okay, I know that you're into this other person or I know that you cheated or whatever, but I still want you to stay with me. You just have to forget about her. And I would be like, okay, you want to be with that other person? Please go be with that other person. Cause I don't, I don't want to hold you back from doing what you want to do you know i'm not gonna sit here and take being cheated on so we're gonna break up but (laughs) but (laughs) if you want you know what i mean like yeah especially in a situation like like this movie which i guess we pretty much have to get into spoilers at this point so should we spoilers 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 spoilers. turn off the podcast if you have not watched the wife but please listen to the ad first thank you Right. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We already did spoiler, 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 but we're going to keep saying it because we're obnoxious. Mm, spoilers. So what I was going to say is the cheating going on in this film, that's kind of what I was alluding to before, is like, why would this amazing woman stay with this man who just pretty much routinely cheats? Yep. <laughs> like, what is the point? Why? But yeah, it was very much an archetype. Like, it is, like, this drinking, philandering artist. And he's not, but he's not even an artist. Because she's the artist. Exactly. Spoiler. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that was obviously the big spoiler Mm -hmm. of the film that makes the film have any sort of merit whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I, I enjoy is the way that he, before they reveal that, you know, they show him praising her and him saying you know i'm nothing without my wife and everything and you think he's just kind of spouting bullshit but it's like no literally (laughs) you would not have anything that you have if you didn't have her yep (laughs) and the the movie i was gonna say this reminded me of is big eyes oh interesting i thought there was another film that just recently came out that the premise was 
there was a woman who had to write for a man or have like a male persona because she couldn't write. I don't know, but I remember that you know the reason was why that Colette? Is that what Colette is about? I don't know. I didn't see that. I it was on my list though. I just missed it. But I know that like that's why S. E. Hinton is S. E. and why J. K. Rowling is J. K. is because people were so sexist. Yeah, about that's also authors. why J.K. Simmons is <laughs> J.K. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I have a really big problem uh, trying to understand why women stay with men that repeatedly cheat and vice versa, I guess. But you just don't hear about that as much, especially with her knowing that she was the one behind all of the amazing books. I mean, if I were her and my husband cheated, I would leave him and write a really great book, he wouldn't be able to write because he wouldn't be able to produce books without me. And then everyone would kind of see that I was the one writing the good books. And I'd be like, fuck you for cheating on me. But I think that's, it's, it's part of the whole internal thing of, of the sexism, especially in the era that she grew up in. And like that woman, her friend, which that scene was so ridiculous, but that <laughs> scene where her friend is like basically saying, you're a woman. No one's going to listen to you. You shut up, put that pen down, and go back to the kitchen. Yeah, like, that felt like it was right out of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it was so cheesy. <laughs> yeah, it was just so heavy-handed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think people just stay in situations that are comfortable because it's easier than, like, causing the stress of, like, getting out of the situation. You know, that mm-hmm. was obviously a conflict that's been boiling to the surface for a long time, and it just came about when he was being recognized, and she was mm-hmm. like, I can't deal with him being uh, recognized anymore. She like, was stewing. She was stewing for 40 years. Yeah. Imagine that. 40 years of hi- having to hide your talent and watch while someone else gets all the accolades. Yeah. It must be really complicated, because I think maybe the reason she stayed is because she truly was just, like, in love with him. Yeah, and also true. When you're in love with someone, you will overlook a lot of complications. Uh, trust me, not 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 gonna get too personal there. But there <laughs> there's a lot of things that happen where you're just like, oh, but I love this person. So I mean, I but I would never put up with cheat. I think that's my line is I would never put up with cheating. But I think, especially in this situation, cheating on top of <laughs> I write your fucking books for you, I think is a little insane it's like not only do i have to do your work for you but you are gonna cheat on me too at the same time i almost felt like it was like she was okay with the cheating because she was like oh yeah i love him for his great brain but did but does he have a great brain like exactly well no exactly and i think that was like the realization that she made by the end of the film and that a lot of women are probably making at this point in their lives Mm -hmm. is like did this man who I thought was so smart actually, was he actually smart or was he just saying the things that all everybody was saying back then, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think now it's easier to see now that there are people besides white men like saying things and like mm-hmm. bringing ideas to the table that like you could see like, oh, this guy who has been applauded for his whole career is a shitty person. Well, I think what she needed from him is for him to tell the truth. Finally, you know, that would have saved their marriage. That would have saved everything if he had admitted it. And maybe, maybe not even she, maybe she probably didn't even need that. But when he is accepting his Nobel prize and he has a speech and beforehand, she says, do not mention me. 
do not thank me. And then he does. Like, that was her one request out of everything she's done for him. Like, she even lets him cheat. Like, she even she even vacated their fucking hotel room because she knew that he was going to want to fuck that photographer. Like, she was basically saying, okay, I, like, she was accepting of the situation. She's like, I understand, and I'm just going to get out of Dodge, basically. And that that's, to me, is so tragic is when someone knows that someone's going to do something like that to them. So rather than putting them in the position where they have to lie, they're just going to be like, okay, I'm just going to leave. Like that, that was devastating. It's like the one thing that like she even lets him cheat. But the one thing that she asked him was don't fucking mention me in your fucking speech and lie again. And he just had to, and no one else would understand that, you know, everyone else would be like, Oh my God, he's saying such wonderful things about you. You have the best life. You're married to this genius and he just can't stop praising you. But it's like the truth is right underneath the surface and no one can see it. And she just, broke and and I thought it was cool that they also pointed out like she also pointed out how she hates that because it <laughs> yeah. is like she the woman is trapped like don't make me seem like I was the suffering wife through all of this like don't make me do that mm-hmm. and like she wasn't even talking about the cheating stuff she was just like oh yeah like don't don't give me the I was your suffering wife while you were an artist thing mm-hmm. and then on top of that he's thanking her which was kind of like uh Ewan McGregor Thanking his wife and his mistress. Oh yeah. <laughs> her wife and co-star who he was cheating on his wife with. Oh my god. In the same speech. Men. You know? It's just oh. like, okay, like I I know that you don't respect me enough to not cheat on me and like you are stealing my work, but don't thank me and in your speech taking credit. Like I d I don't want to be involved in this, like I don't want to be responsible for you almost. That's more what it seemed like almost is that she didn't want to be responsible for him anymore. Mm-hmm. Like she was just like, this is not my thing. Yeah. She was just like, get me out of this web of lies. And especially I think once you like probably earlier on in their life together, she was more okay with it. But as society progressed away from, I mean, it's still sexist, but it's much better than it was when she was, you know, starting out her relationship with him. And as she gets older and you start to realize your own mortality and you start to think, well, what have I left behind? What's my legacy? And the fact that her legacy is swallowed up in this marriage and she's probably thinking, what else do I have? Like, how much time do I have left? And what am I going to do to make my own mark on the world? Because as of now, I'm just the long-suffering wife. Yeah. Ugh. It just really sucks. Ladies, if you're in a marriage with a man who doesn't appreciate you, you need to leave. Leave. Girl, you can find someone who will not cheat on you, will not. Uh, you can find someone. If you are the secret ghostwriter of your Unless husband's you guys work, are open and you guys are both having sex with other people. Because mm. then that's a good thing. I don't think it's then a you guys thing. are very communicative about your desires mm. and wants. That's not always the case with those kind of marriages. I, I think that I think those kind of marriages are an accident waiting to happen. I think it's like. I think if you're if you have an open marriage, you already have one foot out the door, and you're kind of like, uh, you're. I just think it's a it's a messy, bad situation. But please don't send me emails about how you've been in an open marriage for thirty years no, and it works. Please do. Please <laughs> do. <laughs> send them to Jordan. I don't want them. But yeah, I just that that, that to me, I I could never that I ugh, um that's a nightmare for me. But anyway, uh, Glenn Close it just was phenomenal. Uh, throughout this whole movie but I love I love her in the, the whole ending sequence at the at the dinner and when she storms out and she spills the thing all over her dress and she's you know 
they're having the argument and then they she just wants to get the dress off and then you know he ends up having a heart attack which i didn't love that ending i thought it was just kind of like a cop out because they don't really they don't solve anything it's like okay he dies so the story's come to an end uh i i did like the aspect that she decided to keep his legacy because she was just like i'm not gonna be bitter at this point i'm just gonna move on from it like she had the opportunity to expose him and be like yeah i did this the whole time like now he's dead like i could bring this out and then he said she said to the Kristen slater character like don't that conversation never happened mm-hmm. which, don't you dare I think that says a lot about her character is that, like, mm-hmm. she was a good person through and through. And, like, even to the end, it was just about, like, being a good role model for her son. It showed she really loved him. Yeah. Like, I she re- literally missed the birth of her grandchild because yeah, she uh. had to go to her husband's bullshit uh. in Stockholm. It was hers. It was hers. But no one knows. It's sad. But, yeah, that it was fun thinking about that uh that early scene when they get the phone call and she's on the line and he's being told you won the Nobel prize and she starts crying because she actually won the Nobel prize. Yeah. And then they jump on the bed. I actually, that was the one thing I liked about the flashbacks is how they jumped on the bed in the beginning, which seemed like a weird tonal shift. I was like, Oh, they're jumping on the bed. Okay. And then later on they show the flashback of when they were young jumping on the bed. I was like, Oh, that's cute. That's like a thing that they do. I get it. Yeah, because, like, like, it was built on something. Yeah. Like, there's some passion and some understanding and respect for each other's work. Mm -hmm. But then it just got to the point where they couldn't respect each other's work in the same way anymore because there was, like, bitterness. Like, he was too defensive about the fact that he wasn't actually writing it. Yeah, I thought it was good. They also showed the side of him saying, well, do you think I like being the one who's not the genius? Even though no one else knows, he knows. You know, yeah. that's my that's my my thing always with like especially with all this like Harvey Weinstein stuff in the news is I'm an actress and I've never had a straight up casting couch like I've never had something that bad, but I've definitely had men hint around of, you know, whatever. And Oh, I even had shit like really? pe- like being a production assistant when I was like 17 or 16. Uh, I'm like, sorry. Weird shit that I was like, "Oh, that was probably something that was." Mhm. A guy trying to lure me into his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just you're you're put in situations like that where you know that, you know. Asking it, me about my sexuality at 16 and, like, trying to give me vodka in a hotel room. Yeah, that that's a good idea. That's, like, professional. <laughs> it, ugh, it's gross. I But, yeah, I, I know what you're saying because I've had those moments, too. And for me, it was never even an option to do something like that for a part or whatever, because like, yes, there's the discomfort in the moment of knowing that you slept with someone or did a sexual act or something. And that would be uncomfortable. But it's the it's to me, it's the thought of all those years, like knowing that you got to that place, not by your talent. Like, I can't even imagine being on his side of that and having everything in the world but not legitimately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, living with that is almost worse than what she was living with. You know what I mean? Because you know that it's it's completely shallow. It's it's all fake. And that, to me, is like, if I ever had, if some guy was like, okay, if some movie producer was like, if you, you know, give me a blowjob, I'll get you in the movie, I would be like, it's not even about the blowjob. It's about then being at the premiere a year later and knowing that I didn't even earn this. 
that was what would kill me. And I feel like his character, I didn't love that performance. I thought the actor could have been better. I thought if it was a better, if it's a better actor and a better script, that his his role would have been much stronger. And that side of it, of being so ashamed and feeling like less of a man and less of an artist because you didn't do all this work, I felt like that would have been so much better defined. But even as it was, I liked that they did show that side of it. Yeah, for sure. I think that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely better than, I don't know, than people were giving it credit for mm-hmm. or than the buzz was. I think also a lot of people just didn't see it, so it couldn't get a lot of buzz. Yeah. What did you think of the opening, like the opening sex scene set about their relationship? Kind of sets up the whole movie. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, that made me uncomfortable. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like scenes like that just like normalize shitty male behavior because yeah. like there's probably tons of like older dudes who watch that and are like, oh, that's so relatable. <laughs> like, I yeah, <laughs> my wife didn't want to have sex with me. <laughs> so I basically forced her. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Here's one thing I hate about. This, well, this relationship in the movie is different, but one thing I hate about movies is constantly they show marriages, and unless it's a completely new, hot marriage, the, the married couple doesn't have sex, or the woman is, like, hemming and hawing about sex, to the point where, like, before I did anything with anyone, I, was, I would think sometimes, like, is sex not great? for women and it's just great for guys because it's always portrayed like this of the guys always like elbowing please like can we <laughs> you yeah. know? And it's like that's really not the case and I, I just hate that because if I first of all I would never marry someone that I didn't like really love having sex with because why would you agree to be with someone for the rest of your life <laughs> I don't know I because just, you're getting sex from other people <laughs> no <laughs> Jordan is open to open marriages guys if you guys want to email him or DM him I Especially if you're in an open marriage and you are looking. Ew, no, don't. Oh, don't. What? Because you're going to get so caught up in some crazy shit. That's like the perfect amount of commitment I have right now, though. I could just be somebody's, like, third player. You don't think that you or or the married person is going to catch feelings that are going to... Not if they're, like... Be really difficult? 34 and they're just like, yeah, we're at totally different times in our lives. I don't know, Jordan. I think you shouldn't. Uh, I don't think open marriages are a good idea. But that's just my you opinion. You think a thirty-four-year-old is gonna like fall in love with me and be like, "Yes, this guy is not yes. immature and like." <laughs> yes, I think that could absolutely happen. Yes, I do. That's why I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> but hey, I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. You go on. Do. Do you? Oh, I will. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jordan. Like I said, Jordan's DMs are open. Always, yep. always open. All right, so any any closing thoughts about The Wife? Do you recommend this film? Yeah, I recommend it. Watch it if you want to see a good Glenn Close role. <laughs> right, watch it for Glenn. She's phenomenal. No, like, it's like... Did you watch the movie... Uh, f- now I'm confusing two films. I'm just confusing all old people films. <laughs> um, Glenn Close, we're sorry. I don't know if I'm thinking of 45 Years or Youth. Youth, I didn't see. Youth was Jane Fonda, right? And 45 Years, uh, I saw definitely 45 Years. That's Charlotte Rampling. I think I saw 45 Years. 45 Years has that great quote. Oh, my God. What? It is. Uh, oh, 
he says he says I found it and he's talking about that photo of his ex and Charlotte Rampling says you didn't find it you went looking for it in the middle of the night and that's not the same thing I was like ooh damn that's a good line whoa is that the movie you're talking about I don't know I just know like there I feel like it's like it's the type of film where you could just watch it on a Sunday when you're just like tired and hungover <laughs> and you don't like a hangover movie yeah, like something that you need, you like you want stimulation and you want to pay attention to something because it's dialogue based. But at the same time, you're like, I just want people to talk, so I don't have to talk and could just lay down and chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the queen of just always putting on a movie. I mean, if I don't, I always have something on. It's either a movie, a podcast, or or music. But I watched on this flight that I was on. I watched The Wife. I watched white boy rick and i watched crazy rich asians how was white boy rick white boy rick was good they were all good yeah and honestly like they all had different tones but like they were all like quality films mm-hmm. and I, I was gonna rank them in the order that i like them but i don't think i will because <laughs> i Sorry, don't really folks. have to all right for me i uh i recommend this film to see glenn close i also recommend this film if you're if you're really interested in different kinds of marriages and the politics of marriage and the kind of discussion that we got into. But otherwise, it's not a must-see. It's a must-see for Glenn, for me. And there aren't a lot of films made with older actors, so support it just so that there are more films made with older actors. There you have it, folks. Because there's a lot of ageism in Hollywood. Very true. Did you, had you, uh, were you a fan of Glenn Close before? Have you seen her other uh, iconic roles? Not really. Not a lot of her iconic roles. Mm-hmm. I've seen her in Damages before, and mm-hmm. I feel like I might have watched Albert Knobs. <laughs> Albert Knobs is an interesting film. Yes. Not my fave, but my other favorite. I mean, of course, there's 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I've probably seen that. Queen. Um, and and uh, fi- Fatal Attraction is probably my favorite Glenn Close role. That or The Big Chill. Oh, she's in the big chill, too. Uh, hell yeah. Fuck, I gotta go. I gotta go watch mad movies. Let's sign off the podcast. Glenn Close movie marathon, guys. We have to get to it. So thank you so much for listening. The next episode is Black Klansman. Black Klansman. All right. Any any closing thoughts, Jordan? Uh, Give Glenn Close the damn Oscar. She's gonna win it. She's gonna win it. All right. Good night, guys. This has been a Rhino Comedy production. Find us on Instagram at rhinos underscore r underscore funny. Rhinocomedy.com Rhino Comedy on Facebook. And live comedy every Friday and Saturday night at 96 Lafayette Ave in Suffern, New York.